listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where we three friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil, and talk about recently watched, which we will try not to spoil. We're not professional critics, we're just three friends who get together and do this thing virtually until we're safe and vaccinated and can do it otherwise, regardless of your political opinions. And uh, we uh, thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find their music on uh, Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally. Say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. And uh, we, well, we're on Facebook, technically. We're chewing the scenery. Uh, you'll see a posting for the episode with a link in it every week. Um, as far as posting anything clever do you guys feel motivated to do that no (laughs) (laughs) me neither (laughs) how do you feel about social media in general will Mm. will what do you think of that oh i think we've been over this i would if i could push a button to make the internet go away i would push it never stop (laughs) yeah uh, I mean, I spend an awful lot of time on the internet, but man, I hate it. Yeah. There's a whole generation that doesn't remember life without it. Maybe two generations by now. I don't know. What are they missing out on? What? What are they missing out on? Um, I'm not sure. All the Being st- able to forget. <laughs> Being able to forget. <laughs> Being able to forget your terrible clothes, your terrible decisions. Uh, everything you wrote about online ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. They're missing out on doing all that stuff that they do on Stranger Things. Riding bikes, fighting monsters. Yeah, I wouldn't want my, I wouldn't want my uh, teenage life to be on, uh, you know, to be illustrated and read about online forever and ever. No. No. Well, does anyone want to start the recently watched? Uh, yeah, I'll start. Okay. Um, still watching Voyager. I'm sorry. Um, it's a pretty long slog. I got ahead of myself. Uh, watching The Expanse still, still great. Um, kind of amazed how good that show is. Um, watched a watched. I guess title wrong. Nightmare City. That uh, sounds right. Zombie film. Oh yeah. Kept wanting to call it City of the Dead, but no. Nightmare it was City. known as City of the Living Dead at one point. That's okay. Maybe that's her. I was like, ah, oh, why do I keep thinking of that? Yeah, we watched that one. And then we tried to watch the Satan bug, but I found oh, that yeah, movie was like a, a movie that was made in spite of the audience. You know, it was just happening. <laughs> if you wanted to watch it, great. If not, they were fine with that too. It was just going to go ahead and go on. <laughs> it just didn't engage me. I don't know why it looked great, but yeah. Oof. Oh, I always enjoy that one. Ah, oh, it's good. Little what do you I use? did not find it thrilling. What, what do you use to kill the Satan bug? A god shoe? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so what, what did you uh, like about Nightmare City, isn't it? 
awesome. Oh, it was just nuts. It just starts and then people pour out of that airplane. And what I kept wondering was like, I guess because he was a reporter, it's like, why doesn't he just run? The second that started going off, I would just run and be like, yeah, no. People are shooting and stabbing and biting. And it's got classic uh, aerobic scenes. Where, where do we oh, find? Yeah. Where do we find this? Uh, I've got a, I've got a copy. I think I've got it as City of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah. I have your copy of Nightmare City. Okay. On Blu-ray, it looks oh, right. great. Well, yeah, yeah. That's that's real. That, they did a fine polish on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks good. Oh, this is Umberto Lenzi. Yeah. Oh man. There's an injury to an eye. Mm-hmm. You've got that in there, so. No, wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people who look like they passed out in that last night's pizza. Yeah. Yeah, their makeup is crazy. Oh. I guess they're burnt up by radiation. Not Whatever. really sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, I'm looking at the IMDb page. One of the actors is Ugo Bologna. <laughs> That's a great name. That's it for me this week. That was pretty easy on you, wasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Jolien, you want to go next? Uh, Yeah, I I watched, uh, I took uh, yesterday afternoon off. Excellent. I finished one project. (laughs) Um, So I watched, uh, I didn't want to waste it, so I watched nothing but incredibly good movies uh i watched uh, their big moment which is a pre-code uh comedy from uh, 1934 um starring zazu pitts and bruce Ooh. cabot who'd been in king kong the previous year um you can tell it's pre-code from the costumes the showgirls are wearing in the theater scenes yeah i there's a bit of uh, sparkle and glitter and not much else yeah. Um, so this one is about uh, there's this uh, rich woman, and she's under the thrall of a medium, this Svengali type, and uh, so the uh, the family decides to hire this um, uh, guy who also has a medium act from the, from the local theatre. And uh, trouble is, he's he's really rubbish, <laughs> but his um, his uh, uh, no, he's. The assistants working with him are a bit, bit smarter and they know how to play all the tricks. So it, it's fun seeing all the tricks that mediums use. Yeah. Media. What's the what's the plural of mediums when they do seances? Uh, mediums. Media. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so, yeah, that one's quite amusing. Uh, I watched uh, Fallen Sparrow, which is a World War II movie with John Garfield. He's a... Uh, He's got PTSD from the Spanish Civil War, and uh, his brother's been he's died under mysterious circumstances, and it's all to do with this American Nazi uh, group uh, he has to infiltrate. Um, that's a pretty good-looking movie, wow. uh, edited by uh, Robert Wise. Um, Friday Foster, Pam Grier classic. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, it's not a most exciting movie. Uh, she's pretty naked more in this movie than any other, though. Um, What's the name of it again? Friday Foster. It's based on the comic strip. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the few comic strips drawn by black guy. Uh, okay. Longer on. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's got a great cast in it. Uh, Yafik Kotto, etc. Uh, Carl Weathers. Um... Yeah, I'll go on to check out a great soundtrack, of course. Um, and a, a new movie I watched was uh, Love and Monsters, which came out last year. They kept delaying it, and they decided to just throw up their hands and just release it, uh, you know, to, for uh, streaming services. Uh, so Love and Monsters uh, stars Jessica Henwick and uh, Michael Rooker. Um, it's kind of a young adult post-apocalyptic film set in California, but filmed in uh, Queensland, Queensland, Australia. Um, 
And the hero of it is this guy who's it's like seven years after this apocalypse, this this mutation has caused all these all cold blooded uh, creatures like insects and uh, arthropods and uh, crustaceans to grow to enormous size and and they kind of get more monstrous. Um, so the remaining human race has taken refuge in bunkers and underground stations and stuff like that. Um, and he, uh, the hero of it is this fellow who, um, he's, uh, he's really into drawing. Uh, he loves dogs and, uh, he's a hopeless romantic who's in love with this, uh, uh, Asian American woman who's at a colony 85 miles away. So I, I strongly identified with him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, he, he can't shoot. He's rubbish at survival skills. Uh, he can cook a can of minestrone. That, that's about his only skill set, apart from drawing. But he he, he really loves her, and you know they. Um, so he just uh, one day he, he realizes that everyone else in his colony, his his underground bunker, is paired up, and uh, you know he's he's useless around there. So he he just decides to take off and uh, treks across country and counters monsters and eventually runs into people like Michael Rooker. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It's got some good monsters in it and it's, it's got a great dog in it. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. All right. uh, so that's what I watched. Well, for me, <laughs> I did a little, uh, a little, uh, comfort watching i watched uh the 1978 halloween while i was Ooh. while i was doing some things um nothing new to report it's still the same movie You're, you'll be happy <laughs> you don't see anything new uh i did notice a couple more trees that don't grow in whatever part of <laughs> in whatever part of illinois haddonfield is supposed to be in uh i've looked for the tropical trees i spotted a couple more i was just sort of like I was doing other things, but it was, it was kind of cool to watch that, you know, just sort of in the background and check in every few minutes. Um, that one was more just like, I know I'm not going to be able to sit and watch this thing. I've, I know what it is. Don't need to put my eyes on the screen the whole time. So that, that was one of those. Um, one that I felt like was a mind eraser for me. Like I didn't, I know I've seen it. In fact, I recently saw a couple scenes from it. Uh, Blue Hawaii, uh, the Elvis Presley vehicle okay. <laughs> from 1961. <laughs> because okay, here I've been on a I've been on a bit of a kick lately. Uh, for about 20 years, I've collected uh, Hawaiiana, you know, just artifacts of of uh, of uh, crap pop culture stuff that's supposedly Hawaiian, but kind of isn't. But kind of is, you know, like tiki mugs and things like that. Uh, ships menus from like the 1940s. I've got a, a, a pretty decent little collection of stuff. I decided that this is the year where I'm just going to serve a lot of rum drinks in these antique mugs as soon as we're able to be around other people. So um, I thought, you know what, what's better uh, reference material for crap like Polynesian faux culture than movies from the, the 60s, 50s and 60s. So I watched that, and it's just amazing to me. Like, I lived on Oahu for four and a half years. That movie is filmed on Oahu, and I could just, like, see all the things and go, wow, the airport used to just be a parking lot that airplanes flew into. That's yeah. amazing. Wow, people actually believed that Hawaiians talked like this and acted like this. And it was just really fun. Uh, and then of course the way the, uh, white people, the, the Howleys would live in their little mini mansions. It was really fun to kind of get a glimpse at that, like what they would do for their decor and their furniture and, uh, what it was like when I lived there in the, uh, mid to late nineties. Anyway, uh, that was fun. Blue Hawaii. I recommend anyone who just wants to watch Elvis drive around the island and stop and sing some songs here and there and, you know, just kind of show them all how it's done. You know, like, here, give me that guitar. I'm going to sing that song, you know. <laughs> and uh, everyone else just starts dancing and following his lead. 
Now, granted, he's the biggest rock star in the world, you know, but <laughs> anyway, those movies all have just like the most ridiculous premise. It's just the worst. It's the best for being the worst. I just kind of want to watch all the Elvis movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's like it's like okay, take Elvis and pluck pluck him out of his life and plop him into any scenario. Uh, it's like okay, El- Elvis now lives in uh, um, Louisiana. All right, man, I, I'm King Creole. Hey, man, I'll, I'll, let's go do them things. That's a good one. Yeah, like all that stuff is great because he has no previous knowledge of what it's like to be in these places and do these things. All he. <laughs> All he knows is like success as the best rock and roll singer ever to come along. That's what he has known. He went from Tupelo, Mississippi to just like, you know, a huge amount of fame. So it's like, "Ah, now I'm a race car driver (laughs) who sings songs. (laughs) Yeah. Did a couple of those, didn't he? Race car driver. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, considering that, uh, I've been maybe nostalgic for times gone by, uh, I watched a couple of documentaries, uh, in a series called Monster Madness. I watched one called The Gothic Revival of Horror. And this one, um, I believe it's 2014. And I think if I look it up, it says 2015, but, uh, who do you believe? Do you believe Amazon or do you believe IMDb? Uh, the, one of them was about Hammer and Amicus, and that was the one called Gothic Revival of Horror. And the other one was the Golden Age of Horror, which was the previous era for the Universal Studios. A lot of great archival footage, a lot of great interviews, uh, footage I hadn't seen before. And then this put me on to, I really want to watch The House That Dripped Blood. So <laughs> there's an amicus film that I remembered nothing of, maybe hadn't seen. And um, we had talked about it briefly, just recently. And uh, so I watched that one. It's, it's, it's great. It, it almost serves as an anthology um, because everything that they tell you took place in this old house, but they tell you four completely separate stories and they have kind of a through line. And yeah. it's, it's lovely. I, I enjoyed this one so much. Uh, one of my favorite lines from the movie was where this old actor purchases a Dracula cape. And, oh, John Pertwee. Yeah. yeah and he's, his line was uh, something like, uh, oh, no, I, I, I like the classic, the Bela Lugosi, not that new guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, a little slight on Christopher Lee, a little, I don't know if that was a wink, wink or an elbow to the ribs, but that was... Oh, yeah. He, he was a comedian before he was uh, Doctor Who. Okay. So, yeah. It, it was so fun. It was, it was scary, but funny all in one movie. So that was just great. That's great. Yeah. I really loved it. Um, and then... I finally just said, you know what? I'm going to watch this thing. I said I wasn't going to bother, but I watch, I'm going to watch this thing. I watched Knock Knock, the Keanu oh, Reeves yeah. movie. <laughs> and uh, I, I, told, uh, I told one of the coworkers that uh, I just didn't have the emotional bandwidth to watch whatever horrible things were going to happen to him. So I stopped the movie right when he was about to wake up the next morning. And I said, so I'm just going to pretend it was this happy movie about a guy who just finally made a bad decision and uh, decided to live with it <laughs> and was probably going to get away with it and live happily ever after. Mm. No, it, it gets really horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, Keanu Reeves is a 40-something guy living a successful life in uh, some rich neighborhood in California. I'm assuming Malibu kind of area. And two girls come and knock on his door during a downpour. And, uh, they act like they're looking for an address and they need help of this sort or that sort. And he tries to help and they're coming on to him. And finally, after saying no about 75 times, he says yes to their advances. And, uh, and then he lives happily ever after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's wow. enough. That's enough of my recently watched. And <laughs> uh, so, did you see? Um, 
think it was last Friday, uh, an American Airlines flight was going over New Mexico and they reported a cylindrical object flying past them. I saw that. It was, it was on the mainstream news. It was quite nostalgic, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Like, yet no one but us and a couple other people will talk about it. It just somehow gets past everybody. You know, the, all those uh, videos that the, uh, the the Defense Department said, okay, we admit it, those were Air Force videos of these objects moving at impossible speeds, executing impossible maneuvers. Yep, those were our videos from our gun cameras. Okay, you ask people, ask your average person on the street, hey, what do you think of the Tic Tac video? The what? Nobody remembers this. So, what do you think? It, what, what do you think I, it was? Yeah, I, I don't know what they. Uh, the, I don't know if they've ID'd them yet, but they were near a missile range. They're, they're trying to figure out if there was anything flying. Well, if it was a missile, it probably would have hit them, unless it was trained. Not necessarily. If they're if they're just uh, doing a test parabola, or yeah, within the range. Yeah, I guess that's true. I was thinking if it was like heat seeking or or yeah if there is if it was heat seeking <laughs> they'd be in trouble <laughs> there'd be a story about a plane turned into confetti <laughs> yeah we don't know what happened oh you know Awful. you know planes blow up all the time it's an imperfect world mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i got to wonder if it's cylindrical it does sound like a missile but um this other stuff people don't talk about some of these stories that were kind of a big deal. But, you know, that's the world we live in. You know, uh, if a Kardashian's getting divorced, that's, you know, everyone knows about that. And it's real important. But anyway. Let's talk about the pit. The pit. Yeah. So, Will, um, how are you feeling now about uh, <laughs> Three from Hell and Oculus? Are you kidding? <laughs> this movie was great. <laughs> I really liked this movie. Did you really? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> um, okay. It was creepy. It was weird. It was low budget. Yeah. It's all things I like. Um. What What did you think of uh, the casting? First of all, I got to ask that. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I especially liked uh, Abigail. Abigail. Is that really even a name? I don't think so. What year was this? 81? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, Made in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. Yeah, it was actually filmed in 79. Yeah. Uh, was it a Canadian production? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, there were there were a few stories in there that I spotted. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how did first of all, Will? The, you chose this one. Tell us how you picked it. Uh, just scrolling through Shutter, reading the descriptions, and it sounded like a winner. <laughs> in what? It was something like a boy talks to his demonic teddy bear, uh, and there's. Something about monsters in a pit in his backyard. It sounded great. Yeah. What What was it he called those things? Trollologs. 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 Yeah. Did he say where he got the name? Or did he? No. He said he read it in a book. Yeah. He's, he must have read something about troglodytes and misremembered. He, trolls yeah. and troglodytes. And he just sort of mashed it together in his little pea brain. Um. Before we go further with this, Jolie and I have to ask you, okay, uh, listeners probably have caught on to this if if they're new, and if they've been listening for a while, they understand that you're from England. How long have you been a U.S. citizen? 13, 14 years now? Longer than that? Uh, Yeah. Do you understand that in in, uh, the United States, now that you're a citizen, it's okay to have feelings of wanting to punch a (laughs) preteen? And, you know, if, if you express that, it's okay. Is it? Okay. You, you probably won't be judged very harshly for it. 
I, I, am I being lured into something? No, no. I think the, so. No, not at all. I just, um, okay, maybe. Uh, did either one of you want to punch this kid, like, through the whole movie? No. No? Was he the hero? Was, was he? No, he was a creepy... <laughs> He wasn't the hero. Yeah, he did horrible things, but I, he was I thought, a villain in the yeah, whole I thought this, thing. this kid, kid needs therapy. Oh yeah, he's somewhere on the spectrum. Okay, can he get therapy? Yeah, he had some real problems. Could he get therapy his, after his, getting punched? His, yeah, but his parents like leave him. Yeah. Be- okay, do they leave him and then he becomes a horrible horny moron? No, or no, do they leave no, him? He was already okay. And he can like just walk out his front door and there's a there's a lady going by saying what a horrible kid he is <laughs> yeah. yeah he had no support they say in the movie that when he showed up they they kind of hazed him and he didn't pass and so he'd been rejected uh, yeah I guess he did ask that one kid if he could join his gang or club or whatever in his club yeah and the answer yeah, he got punched in the face for it twice <laughs> well they, they repeat the scene anyway yeah <laughs> i think they repeated three times yeah yeah i think i think i replayed it another four or five just to satisfy <laughs> just to satisfy my own urge to punch him no that was that was uh that okay that was pretty clear that the kid had no support and it was pretty clear that uh, his parents were neglectful. But he was a horny moron with, like, no uh, no control over his horrible urges. Yeah, more so than other teenage boys. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. You're just a little, little further along that, that line, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this was a uh, cautionary tale of, like, what if you followed those horrible urges? Right. Um, yeah, that's what it was. I mean, that's what the troglodytes were. They were those horrible urges. Oh, they were symbolic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Until they weren't. In the original <laughs> screenplay, they, they, they're all in his mind. Yeah. Oh, re- oh, that, okay. Which but- I think plays a little better. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the whole film, but uh, the very end, it turns into a Don Dollar film where they're just chasing an alien and then they shoot him. You know, uh, it's kind of kind of a letdown after the kind of uh, the buildup of it's all in his head because like the teddy bear talks to him, but it's clearly his voice just yeah. kind of altered. Yeah. I also wish that the teddy bear, you didn't see it turn. Yes. I wish it had just, the camera moved back and it had already been turned. Yeah. That would have been a, a better effect. It, this this movie, it, I, I felt it's like uh, this weird Venn diagram. It's like, there's two stories. There's like the original, like Ian Stewart screenplay, which is like a serious and sensitive look at this kid who's got mental problems and, uh, you know, everything's in his head. Um, he needs treatment, but he's been neglected. Then you got this movie that uh, Lou Le- Lehman come, comes along and he rewrites a lot of it so that the, the drugs are real, although it doesn't make sense at all. His his teddy bear has got some sentient life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of uh, voyeurism, uh and and there's a monster rampage bit at the end uh yeah uh, uh and then it all kind of crosses over and the, uh, and it's this like pleasingly weird creepy um you know, often tasteless um, movie. yeah yeah <laughs> that's what i loved about it yeah all of that was because it was weird and it was like this could be a really, really good film, or it could be really, really, really schlocky, and it's right. kind of riding the line there, <laughs> uh, you know. And I thought for his low budget and kid actors were pretty good. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he I wondered w- if he wasn't older though, playing way younger. No, he was younger, playing older. Oh wow, really? He was supposed to be twelve, according to the script, right? He's. I think the actor was twelve, but he was playing 14 no he was supposed to be 12 yeah they said he was 12 
Oh, okay. So he's 14 playing 12. I'm okay. Not... So, yeah, I played a little younger. Yeah, this one. He's two six year olds. <laughs> yeah, wearing an overcoat. One sitting yeah, on the other shoulder. In the uh, Stuart screenplay, he's, uh, he's eight or nine. Oh, okay. So, hence, you get those scenes where the babysitter's taking care of him. Which would yeah. have been played a lot differently if he was that age. But we you know when he's like a healthy-looking fourteen-year-old, and she's got him in a bath. There are lots. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. How, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around that one being okay on any level with anybody involved. Uh, I and thought like, that was the that whole. Uh, not just the bath scene, but the whole babysitter thing kind of emphasized. Well, it made him a baby, and uh, and because he was twelve or fourteen or whatever, uh, it made him a lot creepier. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if he had been eight or nine, it may have not read that way. So, does uh, Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, not have any locks on any bathroom doors? Uh, I have to ask because I guess not. You know. I think this young woman was clued in before the shower scene that the kid was the horny moron and not trustworthy at all. You'd think she would lock the door, but uh, she did not. And uh, he... Uh, and what kind of babysitter takes a shower when they're doing working? Yeah. yeah well, she I w- guess it was because she was kind of the housekeeper. She was staying. Yeah. No live in several days but at first it seems like she's just watching it for that night and it was real weird like i'm gonna go get a shower right (laughs) yeah hint hint horny little teenager i'm gonna go get a shower (laughs) wink wink yeah you stay right there don't come creeping in and writing stuff with a marker on the mirror yeah yeah so he he makes his proclamation of his love for her and then uh I did kind of like the fact that he thought he was going to get away with stealing money from her and buying raw meat to throw in the pit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she won't notice. She won't notice. No. Money just disappears. Yeah, it does. All the time. Uh, yeah. Hold on just a sec. Wait, he, goes, he goes up to that truck outside the butchers and he like lifts out. Oh, that was great when he was Pink trying carcass. to steal the big chunk of meat. Yeah, and the guy goes, what are you doing here? And he goes, nothing. <laughs> just runs off. Yeah. Because yeah. he's still enough of a kid he can get away with doing stuff like that. Yeah, because cause like, it's obviously like didn't change enough of the original screenplay. Because like, if he was eight, eight years old, the librarian could dismiss his... You know his his stupid vandalism and yeah love letters and so on. But when he's like supposed to be twelve, but it's it's he, there's not the innocence in it to make it excusable. It's no. there's a like a predator behavior from this kid where he's like making menacing phone calls and then sneaking like saying that he's kidnapped a child and then sneaking yeah. Polaroids. That was a harmless prank. We've all been there, right? Yeah, I I like the subterfuge of recording his own voice on the tape recorder and then playing it over a payphone. Yeah. There's no disguise in that voice at all. And she's met him that very day. I'm surprised she didn't, you know, say (laughs) his name. Obviously Uh, him. Oh, Jamie? (laughs) And then he hides, later he hides that tape recorder with the tape in the mustache guy's car. Right. It was like, what do the cops think? They hear that voice and go, oh yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> Not, that's that kid. <laughs> that's been that's connected that to all hates. these people. <laughs> Everyone knows him and they all hate him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but are they wrong? Are they wrong to hate him? See, here's the thing. is like, maybe I'm on board with the, the townsfolk here. You know, like, he's not like... They knew he was a bad penny. Well, okay, there are movies that have what you call an anti-hero. 
And there are movies that have what you would call a villain. And then there's movies that have maybe a protagonist or, or all three of those things or any two of those things. What is this kid? Is he an, is he the villain? Is he an anti-hero? He's the villain. He seems like the villain, but we're You can be the villain and the protagonist. I guess <laughs> sure. I guess that would be an anti-hero technically. I don't know if you'd say anti-hero. I think that's a little different. I think protagonist is just whoever's the main character. Yeah. It wouldn't necessarily be positive or negative. It's just whoever the story is about. So if it's about a villain, Walter White, he's the protagonist. Yeah. He's the villain. You know, uh, there's there's lots of them. He's not an anti-hero. He's not heroic in any way. Yeah. You know, he's not like the Punisher, say, who's... Yeah quote-unquote, doing the right thing, but using the wrong methods. So what... Uh, you know, as opposed to just being an out-and-out villain, which Jamie is. Yeah. You know, he's a 12-year-old villain, but... <laughs> yeah. It's... He was a pretty good villain. Was... He had quite a body count at the end. That's funny. I was about to ask you guys, what was the body count on this thing? I mean, it had to have been at least six or seven, right? Well... He killed those two kids at the Halloween party. Uh-huh. The football guy. Uh, he killed the football guy. He killed the college student babysitter. He killed Aberdale. The wheelchair the lady. Wheelchair. And yeah. the woman in the wheelchair. Is that six? That's six right there. So. Yeah. And did he kill anyone else? He may have killed some other people because they were out. They were killed by troglodytes and... Were the troglodytes real, or was that Jamie also out uh, killing? Now, is it possible? So it, it could have been eight or nine people. I think there was a couple there that got killed. Okay. Now, is okay if if we're to see if we're to see what he's seeing, and then also see what's actually going on, and and see like, oh, okay, he's having a psychotic little schism here and uh is he just pushing people down a hole and they're dying okay if that's the case and uh, maybe he dives in after him and eats them i don't know uh whatever the original script was saying was that he was killing these people yeah and that the creatures weren't real well, the the, uh, the guy uh, Ian Stewart, um, he'd heard about these. Uh, he had friends who were who were child psychologists and so on, and uh, he heard stories. Uh, and it's kind of a, a conflation of a couple of stories. Like um, uh, he, there was this uh, uh, one kid who uh, he thought up these fantasy creatures, and then if he didn't like somebody he'd send the fantasy creatures after them and then those people would be dead in his mind wow. and uh if they were in the room uh he ignored them he he just didn't acknowledge their existence at all huh wow. that, that is pretty out there um did either of you notice that uh, while some of this horror was happening that the music was silly yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you a think... lot of silly music. Um, the scene where he pushes the old woman across the field in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. the silliest music. It was a great scene. Every every time that wheelchair appears, it turns into this like comedy music. Yeah, yeah. it's like wheelchairs are funny. <laughs> They're hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Victor Davies did the uh, music. It's kind of a it's old fashioned sixties orchestral music. It sounds like a Disney movie a lot of the time. Yeah, TV movie. It was weird. The music did not fit a lot of it. <clears throat> right, and uh, like uh, right with the scene where he sees the ghost um, uh, of uh, Sandy. Yeah. Babysitter. Yeah. But the first time he he sees the ghost, the the soundtrack does his big sting just before he sees the ghost. So it completely blows the surprise. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, 
had to have been just bad choices or, or mistakes that weren't fixed, it seemed. Um, yeah, it could have been anything. Yeah, the, well, okay, so this kid is really, he's obtuse. He uh, He's so stubborn and obtuse and moronic that I think he would have tripped himself in real life. He would have tripped himself up a lot earlier and gotten caught for everything he was doing. Uh, but for the sake of the movie, he keeps getting away with thing after thing. And, and, uh, they're not onto him yet anyway. And before they ever, uh, kind of figure out what, what's happening here, he strings up some ropes. So the trollologs can get out of the pit now. Okay. If I'm taking this literally, then I'm saying, oh, okay, now they're on the loose. If we're saying, well, this is symbolic of the, you know, the psychotic stuff going on in his head. What does the rope represent if we're going that direction? Well, see, that's where the movie kind of breaks down. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where it breaks down. From being a, uh, a metaphor to being a real monster. Right. I mean... I just accepted it that he had he had finally let out his bloodlust that he would go kill elsewhere, not just at the pit, which I imagined was filled with punji sticks. Yeah, that would make sense. I also liked how nobody could see the pit until they right. were falling into it. Yeah, well, yeah, that was strange. I I think maybe the pit itself is also metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah perhaps yeah maybe there's not even a One pit at all way. yeah um do you think this would have worked better as a short could this have been a 20 minute movie i wasn't bored with any of it it went along at a pretty quick no I, I guess i'm not really asking uh because i wasn't bored watching it at all um would it work better? Um, maybe if it was strictly a metaphor. Yeah. Like, I, I think we've all seen these, you know, 10, 15, 20 minute films where, you know, somebody's clearly troubled and they're up to something. And, uh, and then it's revealed at the very end that it's all in their head or whatever. We've seen those movies. Um, a lot of shorts seem to go that way, which had me thinking toward the end of this. I thought, well, could somebody make this into a 20 minute movie with uh, the right editing or. Sure. But you're going to miss out on that weird mashup that occurs. Jolien was talking about. That's what makes this low budget B movie uh, kind of stand out because uh it's got that weird, uh, if you get a low budget movie, the best ones are the ones that they have the, the director or the writer's fingerprints all over them, so to speak. Yeah. Their weird little idiosyncratic things come through that a studio would just steamroll right over. They get rid of all those little burrs and weirdness, you know, um, this movie kind of reminded me of one I recommended uh, last year, I think, uh, Blood Beat, which yeah. is also a Wisconsin <laughs> film. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, that movie, I, I'm not going to forget that movie. That was a weird little film. It, was it successful? Probably not. Probably not on, on whatever level they were trying to, but uh, I was entertained by it, and... And it's weird enough. That's what I like. I like a movie that's it's got a weird little something you wouldn't see in any other movie. You know, it, it may be low budget. It may have crap actors. Um, as long as they have halfway decent script, they kind of give it a, a, a proper go. They're not being too tongue and cheeky about it. Um, yeah, you know, I like I like a weird little film. Well, I think you found one. Like, yeah, you know, I, and I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not bummed out for having watched it. Oh, good. You know, it's just it's so bad in so many ways, and I guess the okay. So I asked you the question: Would this work better as a short? What would that be like? What if this were done 
more competently with a better budget and better actors and a script that wasn't compromised by some suits or whoever screwed it up, um, what would that be like? Do you think that would be a better thing? If you you did, if you imagine a a serious study of a disturbed child uh, and people are dying because of this child's fantasies, that's been done. So you've got the other. Right. Um, if you, but if you go the other way and you think, oh, what's a really goofy movie where someone has some monster and they're feeding their enemies to it, you've got Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. And this one kind of is both of them at once and really, yeah. really badly stitched together um, in, in an entertaining way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying this is a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it was an entertaining film, and, and I'm I'm glad that it that it exists how it does. That you know they did they didn't quite make it. Sometimes mistakes are a lot more fun to watch than the, <laughs> you know right. real polished things where everything goes off perfectly. Yes. I mean that's amazing too when you know yeah. a film yeah. that really you know, oh my God, where you can forget you're watching the film even, that that's amazing. But I like the other end and of the spectrum one's, too. This one's uh, well shot and it's got some good actors in it. You know, um, it, it, if you look at other regional horror films, like low budget regional horror films, it's much worse than this. Oh, oh yeah. And, <laughs> sure. much, uh, and much duller, which is the worst thing. Yeah. Like a, oh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Bill Rabane movies. I was gonna just bring him up. Uh, but or Larry Buchanan. Ooh, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, but the, you know you've got films like uh, William Greffy films, like the the ones he made in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're fun little regional low budget yeah. horror films. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be fun to have like a a, a movie marathon where you, you gathered up a bunch of these little regional horror films from the, say, late 60s through the early 80s. Oh, yeah. I, I and, could, I mean, you have, you know, different parts of the country. You could cheer for your section of the country. For, you know. uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I can uh, fit you up with one of those. <laughs> I bet you can. All right. We'll start it off with Giant Spider Invasion. Giant Spider Invasion, Sting of Death. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good night. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. Do you think... Uh, okay, there were there... Um, I have to check this real quick. Were there sequels? No. I hope not. I would hope not, too. But, uh, yeah, I just had to take a quick peek and say, this seems like the kind of thing where somebody would do a very misguided sequel although maybe they could do a sequel now (laughs) jamie doing now he's got his own kids well i guess jamie got eaten at the end by his his little half cousin or whatever she's still around but she's still around she has kids the trogologs are back yeah they're all ready for a wacky adventure Yeah, cross country adventure. Ooh, ooh, I like that. They're just racking up bodies as they cross the country. Yeah, they got of, a Winnebago. Yeah, and the family's sort of oblivious to the whole thing, but the little girl in it is just murdering people at rest stops and whatnot. Possibly yeah. feeding them to troglodytes. Trollologs. Yeah, yeah Rob Zombie. <laughs> the what? Rob Zombie. Oh, call um, Rob Zombie. Yes. Um, I think this is a job for Glenn Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, please let Danzig make another movie. <laughs> I think he is. Oh, good, good. I can't. Oh, I, I. I'm pretty sure I I read something, some blurb that he is working on some movie. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I put movie in quotes there, but I'm looking this up right now as we're talking, because I really, I really hope he is. Uh, Erotica. Oh, is he making a vampire western? 
Death Rider in the House of Vampires. Uh, the worst title. Oh, man. Okay. There's a trailer for it we're all going to have to watch. Okay. So it's called Death Rider in the House of Vampires. Alright. And, uh, oh man. This is, this is, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Danny Trejo's in it. He's in everything. Eli Roth is in it. Oh man. Buckle up. It's going to be a ride. Yeah. Yeah. We need more Danzig movies. It's like, make all the, make all the movies you can during the pandemic. It's going to turn I, out. I was uh, reading up about the pit and uh, it, it's got, it's got quite the following, uh, cult following. Um, you can review it. There's a review on, uh, there's a, a blog called Can Exploitation. Okay. Uh, but uh, my favorite one was this, uh, <laughs> there's this uh, blog uh, called Real Librarians. It's about librarians in the movies. Oh, and, okay. Uh, <laughs> It, it breaks down uh, categories of librarian and so on and uh, reviews this movie and it talks about uh, the, the librarian and how she's uh, quite stylish and she's got some dark secret which is never revealed and how the um, uh, the book that gets vandalized uh, is uh, is called like creative nude photography yeah uh, but it doesn't doesn't have the call number on the spine so you can tell it's not actually a library book uh, and it talks about the history of the library that's used in the movie. Uh, it's, it's really fun to read. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Williams Free Library, uh, which is the first in the United States to have open stacks. Oh. It was built in 1891. It is now the Dodge County Historical Society. Wow. All right. There you go. Facts. Yeah, you gotta love facts. <laughs> well, I am I am watching uh, Death Rider in the House of Vampires trailer right now, and it oh wow! I think it, it's gonna be a winner. Is it as good as Verotica? It looks higher budget. It actually looks like a film. Maybe Danny Trejo it, will rein him in looks, a little. It does not look like an expensive film. I'll still say. Um, <laughs> I think it was probably shot on digital. Yeah. There's a topless woman immediately in the beginning. Can you imagine, like, uh, Danny Trejo's like, Glenn, you're really overacting. You need to rein it in a little. Oh, my God. <laughs> this looks awful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Have you but when's it out? That's the uh, yeah. That's the big let's question. See. We need a release say? date on this thing because we are never if we're lucky. Yeah, we're we're definitely watching this one for uh, for the show. Uh, uh, doesn't tell me. Let's see if I can find anything on it. Just says twenty twenty one. I've got another fact for you, Will. Uh, Sandy the babysitter is played by Jeannie Elias who was also in the Dennis the Menace series. Really? I liked uh, Abigail's insult when when Jamie passed her and her aunt, and she said, there goes clumsy stupid. <laughs> clumsy stupid. <laughs> and the aunt, like, is like, don't talk to other children that, about other children that way. Mm. She's like, why not? She was a terrible little girl. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was okay to shove her down the pit, I think. In the meantime, I have another fact for you. Uh -huh. Yes, lay it on us. Or originally, the uh, troglodytes were played by children wearing masks. But uh, the children got overheated and threw up in their masks. Oh. So they, uh, they recast them with uh, little people and uh, costumes that were made in... Uh, in America. Hmm. Well, that's great. I think that was a very... I hope they cleaned out the mask. No, it, it helps them get into character if they smell like vomit. Mrs. Lind was played by Sonia Smits, who uh, 
shortly afterwards played uh, uh, Brenda Oblivion in Videodrome. Oh, oh that's okay. great. Yeah. yeah. Videodrome, another Canadian film that was of a slightly better quality. It's on a par, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Videodrome. Yeah, it's my favorite, Cronenberg. He's working on a new movie. Oh, I, I'm uh, I'm getting hold of a copy of his son's new movie, uh, Possessor. Yeah, I want to see that. I heard it's uh, interesting, not necessarily good, but interesting. Well, um, yeah, but I heard he's working on a, a body horror movie with uh, Viggo Morganson. Mortensen, yeah. Mortensen. Uh, I don't remember if I heard the title or not, but uh, and I don't know what stage of process, you know, progress it's in, but. That was something I heard. Excellent. If we ever get movies again. Well, let's do the recommends. Um, Jolien, how do you feel Uh, about uh, The Pit? Can you you recommend it? uh, Soft recommend. If if you're into regional uh, low-budget horror movies, then then you, you have to see it. Okay. That seems fair. Will... Strong recommend. Is is this your new? Uh, oh, what was the what was the one you like so much? Uh, this is no blood rage. Yeah, yeah. Is this this is not your new blood rage? <laughs> this is not the new blood rage. Blood rage is still you know got a special place in my heart. Yeah. Okay. As does the awful, awful Mother's Day and Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. <laughs> I'm sick in the head. I've got some problems like Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just don't have a a pit that's in the edge of the woods somewhere. No, thankfully no. Yeah, yeah, that could be that could be a lot of trouble. Um, I kind of don't feel do it, well. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, Totoro. Uh, I kind of feel like this is a it's almost a must see for horror fans because I knew about this one, and I've heard other podcasts mention it. And just say that it was awful. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to decide for myself. And I do think it's awful. But I also do think that horror fans should see it. Um, I've heard about a Serbian film. And I don't feel like I ever need to see that one. No. (laughs) Just based on a few things mentioned. Um, Human Centipede. I don't feel like I ever want to see that one. Uh but this one, I, I think it's one of those that it's bad, but you should see it if you're a horror fan. And, uh, and, and just see how the material is handled and mishandled by people who have been put on the job for whatever reason. And uh, just imagine, like we did, how different it could have been if they followed the actual script, you know, the, the original idea. And then uh, try to puzzle for yourself why uh, the real and the imagined seem to just sort of swap places uh, randomly and um, <laughs> figure That's the it, magic of movies. Yeah, figure it yes. out for yourself, dum dum. <laughs> That's kind of what the movie is telling you. Clumsy, stupid. Clumsy, stupid. You funny. What does she call him? You funny boy or something like that. Funny person. You funny person. You funny person. Figure it out for yourself, funny person. Yeah, I was like, "What? That's uh, that's a total kid." She made that up. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you dumbhead. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think it's it's recommended viewing based on the fact that it's just sort of a mess, but it still accomplishes some awfulness. Uh, yeah. Uh, will I watch it again? Probably once. Maybe twice. Sure. Yeah. It's not one of those movies where it's like, that's I'm good, I'm out, I don't need to watch it again. No, I, I can kind of see the value in uh, going over all of this material one more time and going, ooh, yeah, look at that. So, yeah, we uh, we live to tell about it, and I'm glad we did it. Um, so next episode is going to be a little early for St. Patrick's Day, but if we wait another episode, then we'll be a little late. 
So Irish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Irish horror, I think was uh, going to be the next, um, the next episode since we're into, okay. we're into March now. Let me, I'll check our schedule here. Cause Do I you think, have anything picked out yet. Um, Banshee. Because they have uh, Rawhead Rexes on Shatter. Yeah. Uh, Banshee Blacktop. Banshee Blacktop. Yeah. I want to do that one and and uh, Rawhead Rex. And I feel like there was one other one. What's uh, Banshee Blacktop on? Um, I believe that. I believe it's on Shutter. It's either Shutter or on Prime. It, was, it wasn't anything you don't have. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, that's, th- that episode's going to drop on the 9th, which is, like I said, a little early for St. Patrick's Day. But, hey, you know what? Close enough. Ha- have a drink and forget all about it. It's going to be okay. Uh, there was one other one that had something to do with an artist. I'll find out. But listeners, be warned. We're going to talk about two or three movies for Irish horror. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk about fun stuff and uh, good times. Sounds good. Yeah. So anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. All right, you trollologs. Thank you for listening. Watch out, clumsy stupid. <laughs> <laughs>